Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. All these things we strive for and work for and hope for and pray for, we already have those things because Jesus gave it all to us. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on this subject of the war is over. This is now into my fourth week, and next week will be the conclusion of this series. And I tell you, this is powerful. I've been talking about how that God has seized His wrath against our sins, not because He changed, not because He changed His nature. God is holy, and God cannot just look the other way and deny sin. That would be to deny Himself. He is holy and pure, and He told Adam that in the day you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you will die. And death began right then, but God placed an animal in the way of His judgment. And under the old covenant, He allowed us to place our sins upon that animal, and an animal died for our sins. Of course, no animal could ever totally pay for our sins. That was only symbolic. But when the true Lamb of God came, the Lord Jesus, God placed all of His wrath for our sin upon Jesus, and He punished His own Son in our place so that He could extend mercy towards us. So under this new covenant, there is love and there is mercy, and there is grace, not because God changed, but because He placed all of His wrath against our sins upon Jesus. Well, that is really important. But under the old covenant, there was a wrath of God that was placed upon people for their sin that we don't see under the New Testament. Now, that's a very offensive statement to some people. Yesterday, I showed that Elijah called fire down out of heaven and killed 102 men. When Jesus' disciples wanted to do the exact same thing, and they even quoted Elijah and said, Should we call fire down from heaven as Elijah did in Luke chapter 9? Jesus rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to forgive them. And so Jesus rebuked his disciples for wanting to do what was allowed and done under the Old Testament. There is a difference between the Old Covenant way of dealing with men and the New Testament way of dealing with men. Here's another example in the eighth chapter of the book of John. The, the Pharisees brought a woman who was taken in the very act of adultery. That means they caught her committing adultery. And from what I understand, if you are in the act of committing adultery, there had to be a man there, too. But they didn't bring the man. They only brought the woman. Uh, I don't know all the reasons for that. It's possible that one of the Pharisees was the guy that was having sex with this prostitute. It's possible that this whole thing was just a setup. You know, people have more mercy towards a woman than they do a man. They would come closer to executing the death sentence upon a man than they would upon a woman. And so I don't know all of the reasons. But anyway, this whole thing was a trap. And they brought this woman to Jesus and threw her down in front of Jesus. And they said, Master, what do you say? 
THE LAW SAYS THAT IF A WOMAN IS TAKEN IN THE ACT OF ADULTERY, YOU HAVE TO KILL HER. AND THEY WERE QUOTING FROM LEVITICUS CHAPTER 18, AND THERE'S OTHER PLACES THAT TALK ABOUT THIS. AND THEY THOUGHT THAT THEY HAD JESUS IN A CATCH-22 SITUATION, BECAUSE IF HE CONDEMNED THIS WOMAN AND ENFORCED WHAT THE LAW SAID, THE LAW OF MOSES, AND IF HE CONDEMNED AND KILLED THIS WOMAN, THEN ALL OF HIS PREACHING ABOUT THE MERCY OF GOD THAT WAS DRAWING SUCH CROWDS WELL, PEOPLE WOULD HAVE FORSAKEN HIM, AND SO THEY WOULD HAVE SOLVED THEIR PROBLEM. BUT IF HE DIDN'T CONDEMN THIS WOMAN, WELL, THEN THEY COULD CONDEMN HIM. BECAUSE, AGAIN, LEVITICUS CHAPTER 18 SAYS THAT WHEN SOMEBODY'S TAKEN IN THE ACT OF ADULTERY, YOU HAVE TO PUT THEM TO DEATH. YOU HAVE TO STONE THEM. AND IF YOU, for, if you DON'T DO IT, WELL, THEN YOU COULD BE STONED. SO THEY THOUGHT THEY HAD HIM EITHER WAY HE WENT. BUT LOOK AT WHAT JESUS DID. HE, he JUST KNELT DOWN AND WROTE ON THE GROUND uh, WITH HIS FINGER LIKE HE DIDN'T HEAR HIM. AND THEY JUST KEPT ACCUSING HIM. AND FINALLY, HE STOOD UP AND HE SAID IN VERSE 7, HE SAYS, HE THAT IS WITHOUT SIN AMONG YOU, LET HIM FIRST CAST A STONE AT HER. AND HE STOOPED DOWN AGAIN AND WROTE ON THE GROUND. NOW, WE DON'T KNOW WHAT HE WAS WRITING. A FRIEND OF MINE THINKS THAT HE WROTE THE WOMAN'S NAME. AND IT'S POSSIBLE THAT HE DID. I MEAN, IT WOULD HAVE REALLY MINISTERED TO HER AND, and HAVE SHOWN HER HOW THAT HE KNEW ALL ABOUT HER. IT'S ALSO POSSIBLE THAT MAYBE HE WAS WRITING DOWN THE NAMES OF SOME OF THE, YOU KNOW, THE PROSTITUTES AND THE MISTRESSES THAT THESE PHARISEES HAD BECAUSE THEY PROCLAIMED THAT THEY WERE HOLY PEOPLE, BUT IN TRUTH THEY WERE HYPOCRITES AND STUFF. AND it's, HE JUST WROTE DOWN SOMETHING, AND WE DON'T KNOW EXACTLY WHAT IT WAS, BUT WHATEVER IT WAS, THE HOLY SPIRIT CONVICTED THEM BECAUSE NONE OF THEM WERE WITHOUT SIN. SOMETHING HE WROTE OR SOMETHING HE SAID, THE HOLY SPIRIT CONVICTED THESE PEOPLE THAT THEY WERE JUST AS GUILTY AS THIS WOMAN WAS, AND SO THEY LEFT. AND JESUS, HE DID NOT uh, ACCEPT OR CONDONE THIS WOMAN'S SIN. HE EVEN TOLD HER LATER, HE SAYS, GO AND SIN NO MORE. HE CALLED WHAT SHE HAD DONE SIN. HE DIDN'T SAY THAT SHE WAS, THAT IT was, WASN'T SIN. HE DIDN'T SAY THAT, YOU KNOW, PROSTITUTION IS OKAY NOW BECAUSE OF THE NEW COVENANT. NOW, SEE, THAT'S THE WAY SOME PEOPLE INTERPRET GRACE, BECAUSE GOD ISN'T RELEASING HIS SIN. WELL, THEN THAT MEANS THAT IT'S JUST OKAY TO GO OUT AND BE A PROSTITUTE. IT'S OKAY TO GO OUT AND TO GET DRUNK. IT'S OKAY TO DO DRUGS. IT'S OKAY TO DO THESE THINGS BECAUSE WE'RE UNDER A NEW COVENANT. NO, HE STILL CALLED IT SIN. IT WAS WRONG, BUT HE WAS THE LAMB OF GOD, AND HE TOOK THIS WOMAN'S SIN UPON HIMSELF. HE LITERALLY SUFFERED HER PUNISHMENT, AND BECAUSE HE TOOK HER PUNISHMENT, SHE COULD GO FREE. BUT SEE, THIS IS A DIFFERENCE. IT REVEALS A DIFFERENCE, AGAIN, BETWEEN THE OLD COVENANT AND THE NEW COVENANT. UNDER THE OLD COVENANT, THIS WOMAN HAD TO BE PUT TO DEATH. UNDER THE NEW COVENANT, SHE WAS EXTENDED MERCY, NOT BECAUSE GOD HAD CHANGED AND SAYS IT'S NO LONGER SIN, IT'S OKAY NOW. NO, IT WAS STILL WRONG, BUT THE WRATH FOR HER SIN WAS PLACED UPON JESUS. LET ME TURN OVER TO ROMANS. AND IN ROMANS CHAPTER 5, HERE IS A STATEMENT THAT THE LORD USED THIS TO JUST REALLY OPEN UP TO ME THE DIFFERENCE BETWEEN THE OLD AND THE NEW COVENANTS. Uh, IN ROMANS CHAPTER 5, MAN, I WISH I HAD TIME TO READ THE WHOLE THING. VERSE 1 SAYS, there is, THEREFORE, BEING JUSTIFIED BY FAITH, WE HAVE PEACE WITH GOD. THE ONLY WAY YOU'RE EVER GOING TO HAVE PEACE WITH GOD IS TO GET OUT FROM UNDER THE OLD TESTAMENT LAW WHERE YOU THINK YOU HAVE TO EARN THE FAVOR OF GOD 
And instead, you need to have, you need to come under the New Testament grace and just receive the gift of eternal life, not the wage. If you get what you deserve, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You don't earn a gift. It's a gift. You've got to get out from under this old covenant mindset of you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. No, under the new covenant, we've all done bad. Some more than others, but you know, in the sight of God, James 2.10 says, if you keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, you become guilty of all. So in the sight of God, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And if we got what we deserved, every one of us would go to hell. But under the new covenant, God placed that judgment upon Jesus and now offers us salvation as a gift. And God is merciful to us, not because He's changed and says, all right, I'm not going to hold sin against them anymore. I just make a decision. No, he, he vented His wrath. He gave justice. And He executed just, justice. It was just upon His Son. You know, a friend of mine, he, he made a comparison like this. He says, it was like if you had a speeding ticket or something. And so you go before the judge to get justice meted out to you. And when you get there, you realize that the judge is your best friend. And the judge, you know, because he's your friend, you think, oh, this is great. The judge is going to let me off the hook. But because he is a just judge, he can't just sit there and say what you did wasn't wrong. What you did was wrong. And if he is going to be a just judge, He's got to execute judgment upon you. So he brings the gavel down. He finds you, say, $150 or whatever it is. He says, you're guilty. You're, you're assessed a $150 fine. And you're just disappointed. Like, how could he have done this? I thought he was my friend. He is your friend, but he's also just. And he had to mete out justice. But then he comes out. He takes his robes off and he walks out, not as the judge, but as your friend, and he opens up his wallet and he pays your fine. Now see, that's a, a picture of what God did. Some people think, well, God, have mercy on me. God can't just sit there and say, all right, I'm gonna let you go free. Even though you've sinned, even though you've transgressed, I'm just gonna let you go free. No, God is a just God. He can't deny his own nature. God is just and holy. And so there is judgment, and the Old Testament law prescribed the judgment against our sin. But because God is love, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, God became a man, and He literally took our punishment. He paid the debt that we owed. I, I tell you, this is so important that you understand this, that God didn't just say, all right, I'm just going to change my nature. I'm not... You know, any longer imputing man's sins unto him. In the Old Testament, people were struck dead. Leprosy came upon them. The wrath of God was poured out. But I'm just over it. I, I, I got over my temper tantrum, and now I'm going to be nice to everybody. No, God hasn't changed. God is holy and just. The only thing that changed is He took all of the wrath that should have been directed towards you and me and he placed it upon Jesus, and Jesus paid the debt that you and I owed. And now God is just. 
in treating me just as if I'd never sinned because the price has been paid, not by me, but by Jesus, and I accepted it by faith. Man, that is the gospel. So the only way that you're ever going to have peace with God is if you understand that you're justified by faith. You have access by faith into the grace of God. And there are just so many great things here in Romans chapter 5. In verse 8, But God commended His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by His life. This is saying that if you can accept that Jesus died for you when you were yet a sinner, much more now that you are a Christian should you be able to accept the mercy and the grace of God. And yet again, because there is a mixture of Old Testament law into the New Testament church and they haven't fully understood our covenant, this isn't the way most people feel. Matter of fact, you know, if there was a... Let's just say that there was a drunk or something that came into your church. If somebody off the street, somebody destitute, a drunk or something comes in, and if they were drunk, if they reeked with alcohol, if they were high on drugs or something like that, did you know that the average person, the average Christian today, would extend mercy and grace towards that person because they say they aren't saved? They, they haven't been changed. They don't know better. And you would give mercy and grace towards that person. And if that person accepted the grace and then prayed and asked Jesus to come into their life and receive salvation, man, everybody would rejoice. But if they came back the next week and if they were drunk again or if they were high again, the very Christians that would extend mercy towards a lost person would extend wrath TOWARDS A CHRISTIAN AND SAY, NOW YOU'RE A BELIEVER. HOW DARE YOU DO THIS? AND THEY WOULD START SAYING, GOD IS GOING TO GET YOU. GOD IS GOING TO REJECT YOU. YOU KNOW, AS LONG AS THEY WERE LOST, GOD'S MERCY IS TOWARDS YOU. BUT THE MOMENT YOU GET SAVED, THEN NOW GOD uh, DEMANDS A HIGHER STANDARD AND GOD IS GOING TO BE WORSE TOWARDS YOU. THESE VERSES ARE JUST SAYING THE OPPOSITE, THAT IF GOD COMMENDED HIS LOVE TOWARD US AND THEN WHILE WE WERE YET SINNERS AND HE DIED FOR US, HOW MUCH MORE THEN SHALL WE BE SAVED FROM WRATH THROUGH HIM. AND THEN IN VERSE 10, FOR IF WHEN WE WERE ENEMIES WE WERE RECONCILED TO GOD BY THE DEATH OF HIS SON, MUCH MORE BEING RECONCILED WE SHALL BE SAVED BY HIS LIFE. NOW I'M NOT SAYING THAT IF A PERSON CAME IN AND GOT BORN AGAIN THAT THEY SHOULD CONTINUE TO LIVE IN SIN. NO, THE GRACE OF GOD TEACHES US TO DENY UNGODLINESS AND WORLDLY LUST. TITUS CHAPTER 2 VERSE 12. SO IF YOU TRULY RECEIVE THE GRACE OF GOD, THE GRACE OF GOD WILL BREAK THE DOMINION OF SIN OVER YOU IS WHAT IT SAYS IN ROMANS CHAPTER 6 AND VERSE 14. I AM NOT ADVOCATING THAT WE CONTINUE TO LIVE IN SIN, BUT I'M SAYING THAT THIS ATTITUDE THAT GOD EXTENDS GRACE AND MERCY TOWARDS A LOST PERSON, BUT ONCE YOU GET SAVED, NOW YOU ARE HELD TO A HIGHER STANDARD. GOD IS MAD AT YOU. GOD IS GOING TO GET YOU. THAT IS WRONG. THAT IS NOT THE NEW COVENANT. COLOSSIANS CHAPTER 2 VERSE 6 SAYS, AS YE HAVE THEREFORE RECEIVED CHRIST JESUS THE LORD, SO WALK YE IN HIM. THAT MEANS THAT IF YOU RECEIVE SALVATION AS A GIFT, IT WAS GRACE. IT WASN'T WHAT YOU DESERVED. 
well, then that's the way that you ought to receive everything else. That's the way you ought to receive healing. That's the way you ought to receive everything else. But most people, when they come to the Lord, they sing this song, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come. And if a person truly understood the gospel, and if they came forward for salvation, and if I had a word of knowledge and says, God shows me that you've committed adultery, you're a sinner, how dare you do this? If you truly understood the message of grace, that wouldn't keep you from getting saved. That would just, that would, you would say, that's the reason I need to receive this gift of salvation is because I am unworthy and I need the grace of God. So your unworthiness wouldn't keep you from being born again. Even if you'd gone out and committed adultery, if you'd come straight from committing adultery and you heard the gospel and you got born again, that would not keep you from being saved. But after you get saved, sad to say, most churches teach that now God is angry at you if you don't study the Word. If you had a fight on the way to church, if you had an argument on the way to church, that God might let you just, you know, die and miss your healing because after all, you've got some sin in your life. Well, that sin didn't keep you from getting saved. Matter of fact, it's what drove you to needing salvation and recognizing your need for salvation. But if, as a Christian, if you just do the slightest thing wrong, if you don't read your daily Bible readings, God's liable to let you die of cancer and not heal you because you haven't measured up to something. That's not the way He treated you when you came for salvation. It shouldn't be the way it should be now. See, that is a misunderstanding, and it's because the church as a whole has mixed the Old Covenant and the New Covenant together and tried to combine them, and that they just don't fit. You know, when Jesus gave this example about you can't put new wine into an old wineskin because as the wine ferments, the old wineskin has already expanded as much as it can. It becomes brittle, and it'll break, and the wine will rush out. He was talking about you can't put this new covenant grace into the old covenant of judgment and wrath and giving people what they deserve. And then he used another example. You can't take a new patch and put it on an old garment because the old garment is already stretched as much as it's going to. And when that new patch begins to start shrinking as you wash it, it'll tear and it'll take away. And he's talking about that you can't put the New Testament as a patch upon the Old Covenant law. They are incompatible. The Old Covenant led people to the New Covenant. They don't contradict each other, but they do not mix. They are incompatible. The Old Covenant drove people to the New Covenant, but you can't be living under both. And sad to say, most churches today are trying to enforce the Old Covenant law and the Old Covenant standards and mixing it with the New Testament grace. It just doesn't work. That's what he's talking about. So in the next verse, it says in verse 11, this is Romans chapter 5, verse 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then there's a parenthetical phrase here. I'm not going to be able to cover all of this here today. I'll come back and start on this again tomorrow. But let me just point this out. In verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. 
You know, this is a radical statement that most people today don't understand. Most people think that what made us unaccepted with God and the reason that we needed salvation was our individual actions of sin. That's not true. What made us a sinner was the sin nature that we inherited from our parents. Adam sinned and all of his descendants were born in his likeness, a fallen creature. And the thing that makes us sin is the sin nature. It's not our individual actions of sin that are the problem, but rather it was our sin nature. You were by nature a child of wrath, even as others. Let me just read some of these verses to you out of the book of Ephesians chapter 2. It says in verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Our nature, before we received Jesus as our Savior, before we got born again, we had the nature of Satan in us. We had a fallen human nature in us. And it was this nature that made us sin. It wasn't our sins that made us have a fallen nature. We inherited that nature. And you know, right here in Romans chapter 5, I haven't got time today to go through it, but I will be going through these verses sometime this week. There are five different times in the fifth chapter of the book of Romans that the Lord makes this comparison where He says that in the same way as you became a sinner through what Adam did, not through what you did, but through what Adam did, and you were born of Adam, and so you became a sinner by nature in the same way, but in the opposite direction, you now have become righteous, not through what you have done, but through what Jesus did for you. And when you get born again, you are just born righteous and truly holy. Five different times in this chapter, he makes that comparison. It is not what you do that makes you right with God. It's what Jesus did for you. And when you put faith in Jesus, you access all that Jesus has done for you, not through what your goodness, but through what Jesus did. You inherited sin through Adam. You inherited righteousness through Jesus, if you will accept it. Man, this is good news. And this is the point that he's making. Now see, under the Old Testament, that's not the way that it was. Under the Old Testament, your sins were held against you. And I'm going to be showing you this on tomorrow's program and be sharing this in a lot more detail. But if you don't understand the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, then you won't understand righteousness as a gift. You will still think that you have to earn right standing with God through your performance. And the bad news about that is none of our performance merits being accepted by God. We have to receive it as a gift and not a wage. Man, those are powerful, powerful statements. Tomorrow, I'm going to share on this some more. Again, I would like to encourage you to get this book entitled, The War Is Over. 
I tell you, this will make a huge difference. And everything I've been talking about is in this book, and it will help you. I've got this book in Spanish. I've also got it in CDs and in DVDs. And then we have study guides where it's the exact same material, but it's reformatted so that you can disciple other people and have Bible studies on this. It would be a real help to you. So listen to our announcer as he gives you information about how you can receive these products. And please call or write today. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of The Gospel Truth. Andrew and Jamie wish to share their sincere gratitude for all the grace partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your generous partnership enables us to take the gospel, the nearly too good to be true news, to the ends of the earth. May God richly bless you for your faithfulness. If you're not already partnering with Andrew Womack Ministries, we encourage you to join us in this great harvest today. Andrew's teaching titled, The War Is Over, is available in a CD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. You can also get this teaching as a book or study guide in either English or Spanish. Or you can get the War Is Over package, which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album, the book, and the study guide. This package has a catalog value of $85, but you can get it today for only $60. The individual audio CD highlighted in today's broadcast is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at awmi.net. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Okay, this is our new construction update. We are now totally occupying the barn and the auditorium. Now we are standing on our parking garage. This is a five-story structure. We're on the top floor. The top floor is not covered, but we've got four stories of covered parking. And then on top of all of the panels, they are pouring concrete like this. This is the finished floor here that we will have for the parking garage. We have four stairwells, one on each corner of this building. We still have concrete to pour, like on this right here, this ramp, you can see that it's just got the steel mesh that's in there that will be inside of the concrete. So we still have some of this to do on each level. Down below, we've got sections of this parking garage that have plastic up to retain the heat, and we have these big heaters going to heat the thing, and it's a lot warmer down there than it is here and uh, that allows us to keep pouring concrete. We are backfilling around the uh, parking garage now, and over here on the west side, we will have an entrance on the third level, 
on the north side, we'll have an entrance on the second level, and on the west side, we'll have an entrance on the first level. So we'll have three different entry levels. Things are coming along. We're just about two months away from being using this parking garage, and I'm believing God that it'll be paid off quickly. So thank you for your partnership. Thank you for everything you're doing, and we'll give you another update in about a month. I'd like to invite you to come to our 2019 Men's Advance. I'm going to have back James Brown and Tony Dungy. And these guys are just awesome. They've been with me the last year or two, and we have had a wonderful time. This is also the first time we will have used our brand new auditorium for the Men's Advance. And guarantee you, the ministry of myself, James Brown, and Tony Dungy will be great. Remember, that's March the 14th through the 16th at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park.